say anything to be saying something. I'm studying all day, giving myself over to hearing from God. Flesh doesn't want you to give yourself to the word of the Lord. All types of distraction will come. And I don't handle this lightly. So when I come and I share the word of the Lord with you, you better know that I've researched. <clears throat> I've consulted more than one source. Now come out of myself because the word of God is of no private interpretation. And one thing that you need to really watch, because this is something that uh, down through the years I've observed. Don't be so quick to say God said. Because if you said God said something, and it falls to the ground and it doesn't come to pass, then that's going to make you look ashamed. Watch it. Watch it. A lot of times people try to spiritualize themselves and say God said there are four voices. You better know which one of them that has the domin that's dominating your thoughts that day. All right. Amen. Amen. Just give me something to think about. Because there come people to come and tell you the Lord said. And maybe I should take you and show you one scripture in particular where uh, you have people that will come along. And Satan is such a cunning, crafty. And he works subtly. He'll, he'll put people in your path. And they'll say the right words, the right things. And you'll find yourself embracing those things. To your hurt and your harm. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We bless you even now for your word. We ask you to open up the eyes of our understanding. And cause us to behold a wondrous thing out of your law. For the entrance of your word bring it light. And he give understanding to the simple. Thank you, Lord, for the peace of Jerusalem. You said they shall prosper that love thee. Give us, hallelujah, a fresh understanding. That we'll take your word and hide it down in our hearts. That we will not sin against you. Send your life-changing word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your word that is already settled in heaven. My God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Two things that keep people from coming to the house of the Lord. Two things that keep you from coming. And it won't be hard if you just remember these. Two things will keep you from coming. Now, it's more, but I'm just going to give you these two. You may write them down, but it, 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 it will resonate once I tell you. There are some other things, but I'm going to give you two in particular. That will keep you from coming. Good weather. <laughs> and bad weather. <laughs> I told you. You don't necessarily have to write it down. <laughs> two things will stop you. Will stop people from wanting to come. <laughs> Amen. To the house of the Lord. Amen. Isn't that simple? I think whatever, whatever I teach, I try to make it simple so you can understand it. Good weather. <laughs> And help me with those. And bad weather. Is anybody in agreement? I am in agreement. <laughs> Good weather make you want to barbecue and wash the car. And go on a picnic and take a ride through the park. When I was growing up, a drive-by was when you was getting in a car on the sun and drive by and look. Drive by different now, but they wanted to drive by, get the car, and go for a ride. On a good day. On a bad day, it's rains too bad. <laughs> 
And so those two things tend to keep people from coming to the house of the Lord. I, I, I don't know which one you embrace, but they will do it if you allow it to. I started last week in sharing with you concerning friend. I take you to the book of Second Samuel. Uh, but on your way there, I'm going to just stop. You just go there and I'm going to share a few things with you. These are the last days. In fact, I'll go to work to say these are the last of the last days. These are perilous times. There are deceptions in the land. People will deceive you. And they'll say God is here. Or God is there. And there are going to be false crises. People said, I'm God. I have the word. And they're going to deceive you. There's going to be false doctrine. False doctrine. God so much encouraged my heart today. I was sitting in my living room. And I was just studying the word of the Lord. And uh, while I was sitting there, my phone rang. I was getting ready to, to make a call. Because that's something that have grieved me over over a few weeks, they've grieved me. Things I hear and I know they don't line up with the word of the Lord and they grieve me. I want to ask the Lord how you deal with them. Because I have purpose in my heart. I'm not going to hypocrite. I'm not going to play. I'm not going to pretend with you or anybody else. This thing is for real. Souls are at stake. And so I don't plan on, on pretending. And I was sitting there. While I was sitting there, it was a woman that I have not heard from in about, I'll say two years, three years. So when she called me, she lives in another in another city. She said, Dr. Davis, I said, yeah. She says, uh, how are you? And those of you who know me, you know I would say, it is well. Regardless of how I feel, I say, it is well. Because I take that from the word of God. That's, that's a word of faith. That's a word of faith. So I say, it is well. You take that and you, you, you start saying that. I didn't say all is well. I said, it is well. It is whatever I'm facing. Hallelujah. And one day all will be well. Yes. So anyway, and uh, she said, I know you didn't know that my husband had passed. I said, no. She said, yes, my husband passed back. It'll be a year in August. I said, oh, no. She said, we were out at dinner yesterday, some friends of mine, and said, um, one of them asked, you know, that was a powerful woman used to, used to uh, come and teach out of Pontiac named Dr. David. I said, I don't know about all that. She said, well, she was saying she remembered you. And um, and she said, I wonder how she doing. And she said, she told her, said, you know what? Dr. David need to be ministered to. Now, this has been somebody I haven't seen in like almost two years. So when she called me, she was telling me all of this and uh, that her husband had passed. I said, no, I did not know. And I I, I started crying because it was just, you know, just something that I had missed. I didn't know. And there are people that I know who know I know her, and they didn't inform me of this. And that, that just grieved me. You know, I wanted to know because we called with all other kind of stuff. They could have called and just said, did you know that sister such and such a body, you know, um, 
lost her husband and said so. I thank God for the lady because she could have held that in against me. She said, you know, Dr. Davis, and she even said, she said, and I said, Dr. Davis couldn't know because she would have called me and said something. Now, you see how all that worked? Yes, it does. Because she could have built up something against me for not calling her or saying anything, but the Lord touched her heart. She called me and did she minister to me? To God. Oh, my God, that woman ministered to me. And as I was sharing with her that the Lord just took over the phone conversation, I have not been ministered that in a long time. She said, God told me to minister to you. She said that, that listen, she, listen, she said there is an attempt to silence your voice. She said, I know what God has put in you. I know, praise God, how he has deposited his word and how many people are being helped, will be helped. There is, and she just went on and on and on. I said, my God, I needed that. I needed that tears just begin just to flow out my goodness. Hallelujah. And I needed that purging. Sometimes you need to be purged. Sometimes you just need to be encouraged. You can encourage yourself. But sometimes you just need to be encouraged. And she really encouraged me. And I bless her heart. And I thank God for her too. Paula, you was a blessing to me this weekend. You encouraged my heart. I thank the Lord because I didn't even expect to hear from you. But I did. And that was encouraging to me. It really was. I give. I give. I give of myself. I really do. I give of myself. Somebody can call me if, if they stay on the phone for an hour. I'll, you know, I talk and sometimes I have people beeping in. And uh, if it's one of my children, I have to say, well, well, let me get right back in touch with you. But I do give up myself. And I pray. There are people call me. I guess they think I don't go to sleep. <laughs> you know, like, you know she's going to be up all night long here. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I, what do they look at the clock here? And they are called. Listen, what, well, you sleep? What's I sleep? Huh? Yeah, but it's okay. I want to be available. I'm part of the body. When I need my right hand, I'll say, are you asleep? You, you got to get this. We're part of the body. And we need to be available to one another. Amen. And God had given me something like, I think I got 20, I, I had 21 irre, irrefutable signs of a body. I'm telling you, it was just, it was just part of the way he gave it to me. And um, Hallelujah. I, 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 I could give them to you, but without any explanation with my glasses. But they were so powerful. Well, this is 21. And, and I'm not going to I'm not going to give you an exegesis. But let me just tell you about the body. Let me just give you this and then we'll get to the book. What he gave me. I got to get it out for me in case I lose this little piece of paper. Hopefully I don't. When you look at the body, you got to think about the unity of the body. The accountability of the body. The integrity that goes in the body. The sincerity of the body. The harmony of the body. The flexibility in a body. The purity in a body. The authenticity of the body. The mobility of a body. The diversity in a body. The visibility of a body. The humility of a body. The availability of a body. The dependability of a body. The reliability of a body. The equality in a body. The sensitivity in a body. The loyalty in the body, the maturity in the body, body, the reality in the body. And I know you're trying to write, and I, I, I mean for you to write. 
I just wanted to give it out to you. Just let you know. This body, now in one of these times when we have time, I want to show you how important you are in the body. You are not being taught who you are in the body. That's why you got so much friction in the body. When you know what God has put in the body, when you know, praise God, your place, and I know who you are, it makes a difference. It's, it's no way in the world you can confuse my hand with my head. <laughs> not only confused, that's the visibility. That's right. But the function. Yes. My hand can't do what my head does. All right. And so every part of your body is important. And get, get this. Even the parts I don't see. Come on now. Is important to your body. They're called vital signs. Yes. So I add the vitability of your body. They're vital. You go to your doctor, he wants your vital signs. Doesn't he? He may tell you to stick out your tongue and say, oh. And you've been sticking your tongue out at other folks. <laughs> Do you know medical doctors and, and those that you go, though, go to can tell you something about your body by sticking out your tongue? They can look at your tongue and see if you got some type of little ulcers or something on your tongue. They can lift up your tongue. Your blood. When you have blood work. Those organs you don't miss. That's a part of your body you don't see every day. And everybody can't work with blood. Amen. Hallelujah. I know he didn't call me to work in a hospital. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't stay in shock. <laughs> they said, turn your nose and move, I'm done. What? You know, so I'm just saying, every part of your body is important. Your fingernails. Yes. Your fingernails are important. Do you not know I would rather somebody can scratch where I itch with their fingernail, praise God, rather than having no nails? It feels good. Every part of you. And I was just thinking, and, and, and this wasn't what I was going to teach you on, I was just thinking as the Lord was speaking to my heart. <clears throat> Being born again, and, 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 and I, I want to share with this, so I'll take my time. But I want to get back to where I started last week, but I want to put this out there. If you're in the body of Christ, you ought to know whether you're born again or not. Amen. You ought to know. If somebody asks you, are you born again? Your answer ought not to be, I hope so. If they say you're going to help, your answer ought not to be, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. There are some no-so principles yeah. in this book. They're called principles that you ought to be assured. You ought to know where you're going to spend eternity. Because everybody here is going to spend eternity somewhere. Right. It's just that you need to know that. <clears throat> where are you going to spend eternity? And none of us are smart enough to miss both places. Amen. Both places. <clears throat> and there's some things that we have held have been have, have been held withheld from us. We need to know we're in the church and God is coming back for a church without a spot, without a wrinkle, without a blemish, or any such thing. And you ought not to be a spot in the church. Amen. Just a blemish. Hallelujah. And a blemish or spot is that that stands out. Yes, 
It become a distraction. If I had a white, I'll tell you this, a white piece of cloth, and 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 anything that I put on here becomes visible in the background of this. If I put red on here, you'll be able to see it. Or black. You'll be able to see it, won't you? Because of the background. He's coming for a church. Purity. Without the blame. So it's time to be real. It's time to be real. And I tell you this all the time. I don't care how soft you whisper. And I don't care, praise God, how quiet you speak. God can hear you. You're being heard. And that ought to be sobering. That's so sobering. I'm saying, Lord, because we said all the time in Psalms 19, the end of that, it said, let the words of my mouth. Stay right there. Wait, I don't want you to. I, want, mm -mm, mm -mm. I ain't said for you to quote it. I want you to see, Lord, think on it. Let the words of my mouth, what I say, what comes out of my mouth, let the words of my mouth, and what's next? The meditation on my heart. What I think. This is your heart. Be what? Acceptable. Acceptable. What I say, what I think, I want God to find it acceptable. Think about that for a minute. I don't know what your conversation was today. I don't know who you talked to today. But it ought to be somebody that you ought to, you should have told about Jesus. Amen. When somebody say, you know what you say, like you're a happy person, it ought not to have nothing to do with the car that you drive. It ought not to have anything to do with the job that you own. I don't care how the people treat you. Your joy don't come from your job. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because when you start losing your joy, you lose your strength. You won't even want to go to that job. I'm trying to help somebody. You'll lose your strength. You lose your strength. You won't even want to go. You'll turn over. You'll, you'll, you'll find reason. You'll find excuses. Not to be there. But you're there by design. It's a strategic move on the part of God. Hallelujah. Because it was so sore to me one day. It came to me. My boss got to stand before God one day. Hallelujah. And when he stand before God. He's going to have to give an account. How he treated me. Hallelujah. Because I knew who I was. So I was walking upright before the Lord. And to be mistreated by my, my boss, you got to answer to God for this one day. Yes. Hallelujah. And I got to answer. Hallelujah. So it ought to be a different in the way we present ourselves. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Who are you listening to? Glory to God. Who are you listening to? Your boss need a word from the Lord. And you don't have to just walk up and, and you need to have some discretion. He that win his souls is wise. You don't win nobody by telling me they don't have nothing and try to impress somebody with who you are. Listen, humility, being humble. Let them listen. You are salt of the earth, and one of the characteristics of salt is to make you thirsty. Hallelujah. You ought to be living this thing so they'll become thirsty for what everybody else be going haywire and they'll be looking at you with a spirit of constant. You know what? I want you and you seem like you don't let nothing fade you there. Yep, it fades me, but I got a hope. 
I got a hope. I got a hope. And they're going to want to know, what is this all about? Hope is not just something. Hope is someone. Titus 2 said, looking for that blessed hope. Hallelujah. And the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you think I made that up, go to Titus chapter 2. Let's see it. Hallelujah. Everybody on this earth is here for a purpose. And your purpose is not, praise God, to destroy me. That's not your purpose of being on earth is to not to destroy me. Your purpose, praise God, is that God will get his glory out of your life. Go with me to Titus chapter 2. Hallelujah. Give him a thank for the food that you're eating. Amen. Titus. And that's a New Testament book. And I'll help you with it because sometimes we hear a book and we haven't been there for a while. But if you go to Titus, I can show you something. He was a pastor. I had I was ready to teach this yesterday. Uh, these three uh, epistles that were written to pastors. Titus and the two that were written to Timothy. And I still, God's word, when he gives it to you, it won't sour. One thing about the word of God, it won't sour. It will not spoil. The word of God, praise God, will not freeze over. The word of God, hallelujah, you can't burn it up. Are you hearing me? The word of God, the word of God will not fade. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. The flowers will wither. The wither, the flower will fade. Will fade. I'm glad the grass will wither. The flower will fade. But the word of our God will stand how long? Yeah. Isaiah chapter 40. Hallelujah. The word of our God. So let me just show you this, then we get back. This is in Titus chapter 2. If you said amen. Amen. I'm going to bring you down there, but I'm just going to show you a few things here before we get back over to 2 Samuel. Paul was writing to this young pastor, and he was letting him know, praise God, concerning something. He told him about uh, the various people in the church. He called him, look at, look at verse uh, 4 in chapter 1. He called Titus his own son. After the what kind of faith? Amen. Let me tell you some things. Let me tell you some things about what you got going on here. When you look around, you think nobody's going through this but you, and you wipe your mouth and you say, I don't know why I'm going through this. You need to stop and go back and check your life. Check your life to see where you were. Praise God. Let's say uh, five years ago. Let's say three years ago. Where were you? Because there's some things before the Lord came into our lives that we were guilty of. Amen. You got to do like David said. Listen, Lord, I don't want to. I don't want you to feel like that. What's happening? What's happening to me? And what I have to go through? I don't want to charge you for those things because He knew He was guilty. Amen. Give God the glory by acknowledging. Yes, yes Lord. Yes. yes, Lord. I missed tomorrow. That's what sin is to miss tomorrow. But once God revealed it to you, don't keep on doing it. Yes. Let me show you this. This is Titus. So he called, he said, common faith. But also there's a common temptation. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. You don't have to go right there. But there's a common evil. That's in the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm just throwing it out at you. He said, grace, mercy, and peace. Now I'm going to say this, and, 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 and I'm trying to rush through this. Help me, Jesus. When he gave this salutation, he said three things. Grace. Mercy and what? Peace. Peace from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Now, hold this and let me show you something. 
Go just go back to the first book, which is Colossians. Go to Colossians. Book of Colossians. Chapter 1. Just go back a book. You got it? Well, a couple of books, because you got to pass Timothy. And you got to pass uh, Thessalonians, right? But you can do that, because I'm going to bring you back there. You got Colossians? Amen. Amen. Look at Colossians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and to Mytha, our brother, to the saints and the faithful brother in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace be to you and what? Peace. And peace. Now, you got you to gotta catch this. You got to catch this. So what did he say to that church? Grace and what? Peace. Grace and peace. Go to the next book. He wrote to the Thessalonians. That's in chapter 1 again. Go there and show you something. Let's just see every word. Men shall live by bread alone, but by what? Every word. Watch this. You got Thessalonians? Look at verse 1 in Thessalonians. Paul and Silvanus and Timotheus unto the church of the Thessalonians, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. Grace be unto you and what? Peace from whom? From God our Father. Hold that. Go to the next book. Just flip your page. And they're going to put you in 2 Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen? Let's see what it said, praise God, in verse 2. It said, grace unto you and what? This is verse 2. And peace. Now, now, now watch, the, watch the flow of his salutation. He's telling these churches, grace and what? Peace. peace. Keep that in mind. Grace and peace. We'll talk about grace is your unmerited favor. And peace. God will give you peace, praise God, within before you have peace around you. That's why you probably can't understand this. Now listen, you said, oh, I'm going through this on my job. They're giving me this in my home, in the church. This is going on. That's going on. He will put peace in you many times before he put peace around you. Amen. You ain't hear what I say. The peace in you before you see the peace around you. <laughs> you ain't got that yet. Things will be going on around you. Going to pieces. But you won't be. Because that peace that's in you. Waiting on the peace around you to get in line with you. Come on, somebody. Now that'll help you understand something. Because God will give you peace. You said, mm, I should have gone off. Isn't that something? Don't you know we go back and think about some stuff that used to set us off? But now the peace of God that passes all understanding will do what? Keep our hearts in your mind. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So that means the peace within He takes care of it before the peace around Hallelujah. All around you, hallelujah, they going to pieces. But you got a peace. Somehow to thank God. You ought to thank God for your peace. Because what goes along with peace? I'll ask you, what goes along with peace? You say, I want some what? No, you don't say that. You don't go around, I want some peace and joy. What do you say? I want some what? Peace and what? Quietness. That's what you say. I want some peace and quietness in here. Don't you say it to your children. You don't tell them, I want some peace and joy. You say, no, no. I mean, you want that. <laughs> you want that. But your children are not going to hear that, but they know what you mean when you say, listen, give me some peace and what? Quiet. 
Then don't you say that? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Well, don't let me forget to tell you in the book of Isaiah chapter 33, I believe it is, where the word of God tells us how we get this peace and quietness. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 33. Okay? Let's go back. Let me just show you this. We just have shown you in at least four books when he was writing to churches. In his salutation, he said to them, what? Grace and what? Peace. Keep that. Don't forget that. Now go back to Titus. Let's stop off with Timothy first. First Timothy. You got it? Amen. Let me show you something. This is powerful. The Holy Ghost has to show you this. Amen. <laughs> Timothy and Titus were pastors. <clears throat> These were young men that God had called to be pastors. Apostle Paul was writing to them. Look what he said to them. Salutation to Timothy and verse 2. He said, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith. It wasn't his biological child. It was his son in the faith. Grace, what else? Mercy, Mercy and what? Now stop. <laughs> now, what do you see here that was not when he was writing to the churches? What was there? Talk to me. What you see? He added mercy. He knew as a pastor, Come on you were going to need peace. You were going to need some grace. But guess what else you're going to need? They going to make it up? Let's see what he said in the second epistle to Timothy. Let's see what he said in that second epistle to Timothy. Amen. All right. Let's see where we are here. Look at verse 2. <laughs> To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, what with it? Grace, what else? Mercy, Mercy and peace. There you go. <laughs> Is that in your Bible? Amen. Let's go to Titus. That's just the next preacher. You might have liked Titus. Some of you that like water, I happen not to like to be in water. Titus had a church on an island. <laughs> he was a pastor of a church on the island of Crete. Praise God. So let's look at Titus. Yes. I'm good. Amen. Amen. She's one of his comfortable. I'm good. I got the comforter. <laughs> Amen. Look here. This is now. I want you to see this. This is around verse um, 4. We write to Titus. To Titus. Listen to this. He called him what? My own son after the common faith. Grace, what else? Mercy, Mercy and what? Peace. There you go. So I'm not making this up. And all of these things are important. If you're going to be a servant of the Lord, a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to need some grace and you need peace. But get else, what else what you're going to need? Uh, you need some mercy. Amen. Are you hearing me? Let's get back. Let's get back. We're going back. I take you to Titus. Everybody look at Titus. And then we get back to Titus. Second Samuel. Titus. I'll wait and let you get there. Ready? Alright, let's look at Titus again. I want to show you something in chapter 1 of Titus since you all read it there. He said, For this cause left I thee in creed, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting 
and ordained elders in every city as I had appointed thee. If any, watch this, if any be blameless, what do it mean to be blameless? Without blame, no fault. Watch this. If any be blameless, the husband of two wives. Oh! Your Bible said one wife. Oh, right! Right! Somebody can read this though and, and, and misread it uh, because they got two or three. Let's go with me. What, husband or one wife, what does it say? Having faith for children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward. The word steward means keeper, manager of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre. That means always asking for money, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine. Is this in your Bible? Yeah. Sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. But there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. When you see this, another word for that would be Jews. Amen. He said, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not to, for filthy lucres, that means lucres money sake. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own said, one of their prophets said, listen at this. The Christian are always liars. <laughs> That's one of their own people. Evil beasts, slow bellies, and said this witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the what? You got to let them know that you're not sound. The word sound comes from a Hebrew, a Greek word I mean that means Healthy, hallelujah, whole, sound, healthy speech, healthy talking. Now let's go back and see what else he said. This is around verse 14. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Listen, commandment of men that turn from the truth. Look at verse 15. Unto the pure, all things are what? But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and their conscience is what? They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abundable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. My God, that means void of any kind of judgment. Stay with me. Because we didn't have chapter division, so let's go on into chapter 2. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Three times he's given us the word sound. He told us, this. go back up to chapter 1 and verse 13. What you got there? Sound faith. Sound faith. Go to chapter 1 verse 9. What you got? Sound doctrine. So here again, he's telling you, but speak thou the thing which become sound doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching, healthy teaching. He goes on the way to say that the age, now see there are four, four classes of people in the church. Watch this and see which one you fall in. That the age men be sober, gray, temperate, sound in faith and charity, impatient. 
The second uh, category of people in the church, the aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of what? Good thing. Good thing. Listen, when you see somebody in the church as an aged mother or aged saint, they ought to be telling you the right thing, good thing. Not girl, girl, you mean what? You mean you don't... <laughs> good sound thing. Let's go back and see what else he says. Then he says uh, around verse uh, 4. That they, watch this, that they may teach the young women. That's the third class. Amen. Let's see if you got this. The first class are the what? Age men. What else you got? Age women. women. What's the third one? And the young women. So now number one more class left. So let's go. There are no in between. So we'll get to the fourth class in a minute. Young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husband, that the word of God be not what? Blaspheme. You can blaspheme God's word by the very life that you live. <coughs> the word blaspheme also means to speak against. You can live against what you say. Amen. Your life is contradictory of what you say. Your, listen, your walk not matching your talk. Go, go, go to the next word. Or verse actually 6. Young men. Guess what? That's the fourth category. So you either age woman, age man, young woman, or what? You fall in one of those categories. Now let me tell you what could happen. <laughs> you could be a young woman. Acting like an aged woman. And you could be an aged woman. You got it. Before some of you came here, I said, we got to maintain a balance. Balance. And God is requiring that. Watch what he says in the next verse. Sound speech. Okay. Sound in the faith. Sound doctrine. But sound where else? Your speech ought to be healthy. Lord, have mercy. Sound speech that can well let's go back up to the to the to the young man again. Young men likewise exhort to be sober-minded and all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine and showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Because folks are looking. They're looking to call you out. I thought you said you were saved. And, and, and they got a right to do it. Yeah, because your, your, your walk ought to make your talk. And if you're a new creature in Christ, you ought to be a new creature in Christ. All things are what? Pass away. Behold, all things become what? All things become new. That's part of new birth. Well, we'll talk about this. Go on. Let me show you this too. Hallelujah. He says again around verse uh, 9. Exhort your servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. That's like your employee and employer. 
but prolonging, not showing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things. They're watching your life and they're making, listen, they're, they're making a judgment by looking at you. Now, how are you going to invite them and come on, go to church with me and you, praise God, you are out cursing them on the job. <laughs> And they watching you. You got a 15 minute break and they watch you take 20 minutes. Now I'm telling you, listen. Don't cause the word of God to be blasphemed. Stay with me. Let me show you. Say ouch and pull your feet on back onto your seat. I, I've been there. Let me show you something. This is not going to go with me around verse uh, 11. For the grace of God that bringing salvation has appeared to some men. Oh, this, is what, this is what the grace of God would do. Now, let me stop and tell you. There's some people say, no, I don't go to church. I don't go to church. You don't have nothing to church but hypocrites. That's their way of not going to church. That's their excuse. Uh, the thing is, you do have some hypocrites in church. You got some that don't go to church. Glory to God, I got to stop here. What a word was that. What a word. Did not our hearts burn within as she taught us the word of God, as she spoke truth, as she went from scripture to scripture, rightly dividing the word of God and giving us sound doctrine. Did I not our hearts burn within? You can have this every Monday night at 6.30 p.m. when you call this number 971-224-7000. And put in a conference code 398-803 to hear more from the woman of God. God bless you and keep you in Jesus' name.